always have an issue. What you finna do? What you finna do? What you what you finna do? What you finna do? Hi guys, it's Natasha, your girl. I'm back with the very first podcast of 2017. Okay, so full disclosure, my voice is a little off because Christmas and New Year's and winter and cold New York, you know, all that. Um, So just bear with me and... I said I cannot sit this out because one this is the first. I mean, this is this is 2017. Like we have to kick things off right and right away. But also because there's so much ish going on, I can't. Like we can't even put this off any longer. It's too much to discuss. This is already going to be jam packed. Maybe maybe all this stuff stressed me out. Maybe all this stuff that's on this list that we need to discuss has stressed me all the way out and maybe that's why I sound the way I sound um so just bear with me because you know you don't have a choice damn it just kidding okay so we need to talk about some things one I hope that your Christmas and New Year's were amazing mine were actually pretty good even though I lost my voice day two of you know being on vacation and when I say vacation, I mean things are slower. It doesn't mean everything's cut off. It just means things are slower. We work 24 hours around here, 20, seven days a week. Um, so I lost my voice from congestion and allergies and sick people being around me. Ugh. So now Natasha got sick, but, you know, it was still good. And I hope yours was good, too. Somebody's who wasn't good <laughs> is probably, I mean, her Christmas was probably good. Her New Year started off well until she got to a few days after and she's already getting jobs pulled from her. And that would be Kim Burrell. It's like, I don't even know where to start with this. I need a little coffee. Hold on. Oh, child. Need to sip on that. Okay, so Kim Burrell has lost her mind. I've been a fan of Kim Burrell. Like, I don't think that there's anybody who doesn't like her singing, who doesn't, you know, who who doesn't know who she is. If you're if you're black and you're raised in a church, you know who Kim Burrell is. But when she said these things, she said. You would think that most of the black community, I mean, a lot of the black community kind of agreed with her, but a whole lot was done. A whole lot was just done with her after this. So here's the rundown. Kim Burrell who's now Pastor Kim Burrell, apparently, went into her church, which is called the Love and Liberty Fellowship Church. She leads it as the pastor. This is so interesting. We, we were just trying to figure out, like, when did she become a pastor? When did this happen? I thought she was just singing with Whitney Houston and Beyonce sometimes, like, <laughs> but now she's a pastor. Um, she went into her church in Houston. She's from, originally from Houston. And she got into the pulpit and she had some things to say. Apparently on her heart this day, which was, you know, just a few days ago, actually. Apparently it was on her heart to tell the congregation that the homosexual spirit is perverted. And that homosexuals basically are damned to hell. She even went as far to kind of shade Eddie Long, Bishop Eddie Long. She talked about being delivered. So we all know that was shade toward what what is his name? I don't know. Ugh. 
I can't remember his name. Y'all know who I'm talking about. I am delivered. I no longer like <laughs> men's. <laughs> I like women's. Y'all know who I'm talking about. And then she went on to say things like, you as a man, you open your mouth and take a man's penis in your face. You are perverted. Mm. You are a woman and will shake your face in another woman's breast. You are perverted. Mm. She talked about the perverted homosexual spirit. She talked about the spirit of delusion and confusion. And she said it's deceived many men and women. I'm going to let you all hear it for yourself and use your own judgment. That perverted homosexual spirit is a spirit of delusion and confusion. And it has deceived many men and women. And it's caused a stain on the body of Christ. And those homosexual spirits have been angry and they come up against it. You got to love everybody. Spit out of the serpent. the thing about this is <laughs> it's like I don't even know where to start I think the thing about this is one the whole like condemning people to hell like it's like if you play with this in 2017 you going to hell you gonna die from it well girl you up here gossiping you going to hell for that too like if we want to if we want to go tit for tat we can but it really all comes down to why was this necessary to say in a pulpit at the beginning of the year to a congregation. And I know, I know, Bible beaters, put the Bible and your phone <laughs> and your email down before you start hitting me up. Talking about, that's what the Bible say. I don't, look, not today. I can't deal with it today. All I'm saying is, you know, I was raised in the church too. I understand what people may interpret the word to say. However, I have never in my life been a fan or been okay with anyone in the church especially not the person that is you know in charge of the pulpit condemning and judging and singling out anyone that's exactly the opposite of what the church is here for so regardless of what you believe and don't even say all Christians should know xyz it really still is up to your interpretation we can this is not Theology school, we're not going to be talking about what the word said and what the version we looking at in the Bible. We're not going there today. <laughs> it really all comes down to human nature and just being a human being and showing love and unconditional love and acceptance and and niceness. I mean, like what why would anyone be okay with sitting in your congregation? What if the person is gay and they came to your congregation? They spent their time and their resources to come see your word and to come hear you speak. And what they're met with is being called perverted. But I could call you the same thing if you're up here gossiping because a sin is a sin is a sin, right? So, Jakarin, you tell me. And Jakarin, as you all know, is the podcast engineer. <laughs> but today I wanted him to talk for real because he was raised in the church and he was like, as an adult, he mm -hmm. was like very into the church. Yes, I was. I wasn't very into the church as an adult, but I was as a child. So I would like to get that perspective from an adult who 
went to church every week, maybe multiple times a week. Several. Yeah. And and what you feel was the reason why Kim Burrell, knowing who she is, a public figure, knowing she has promo to do for this Hidden Figures movie, and we're going to talk about that in a minute, how she just <laughs> played herself all the way, and why she felt compelled to do do this like this. What do you think? Um. I've done a lot of work in the church. Uh, a lot of, a lot of prayed a lot of people to salvation, quote unquote. Um, did a lot of mentoring. Um, the issue I have is singling a sin out. Like we all, we all have sins, mm-hmm. um, and people like to choose certain glossy ones to to beat up. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like. Um, homosexuals, they get it. They get the gloves everywhere. Boom, 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 boom. Let's talk about the homosexuals. I wasn't a homosexual, but I was definitely a, a whoremonger. And, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I needed deliverance. <laughs> but you weren't ever sitting up in church one day where somebody said, if you have premarital sex, you going to hell and you ain't worth nothing and you this and you that and you're perverted. Did you ever feel attacked? For those things not as much as homosexual i mean i've heard about it you know i, I heard it a couple of times mm-hmm. but i was in the majority it wasn't like you know like right it's i think it's kind of unfair and it's it's bad how people beat up on homosexuals because in the church i'm more than sure homosexuals are the minority so they're looking like oh my god you know this this is not fair i'm here trying to get straight church is supposed to be a hospital where you know where hurt people come to get right healed that's what it's supposed to be and um, and a person who's gay may not even think they need him. Like who? Like this is what I meant about fundamentals. And if you don't feel like anything is wrong with your life and that you're doing anything wrong because the way that you interpret your Bible and your word and your relationship with God, I mean, you're not coming to church for that. Like you, you came to church for X, Y, Z. You could be having issues with your job. You could just want to feel fulfilled. You just want some inspiration. It's just something that you need in your life. It don't have nothing to do with who you slept with that last night. Like that might not be something that that person even thinks is an issue to them because they don't interpret it that way. You can't you can't impose it on other people. Well, let me say the flip side too. I also don't think that church is this utopian Alice in Wonderland place that people think it is as well. Like you're going to be confronted about some stuff. You're going to be challenged to love people. You're going to be challenged to stop doing this and to start doing that. I just think it loses track when. You pick out one group to yep. challenge, like challenge everybody. Like just like you said, talk about gossiping, talk about being stingy, talk about mess, talk about premarital sex, whatever you want to talk, talk about. Talk about the pastor impregnating people in the pews. Right. Hmm. Um, talking about the pastor driving Bentleys and and all this congregation catching the bus to church. Hmm. Like that's not right. So all of that has to be discussed. But ain't none of that ever said. Right. Ever said. And I'll say like when I was in college. I went to school in Texas, so that's why when she said this church is in Houston, I was like, mm, sounds about right. <laughs> H-Town. I mean, it's. I, I do think Southern Christians are different than other Christians. We are. I 100% think that way. We are. Um, so when I was in school at Texas A&M, I do feel like, and being raised in the church from Chicago to New Orleans, I felt like when I was doing you know bible study and in church every sunday in college i just felt more judgment than i've ever felt yeah. ever in my life 
And it honestly is what prompted me to back away from the church, not back away from Christianity. I am a Christian, always will be, but from the church. And a lot, one, people don't realize those are two different things. I realized, exactly. I realized it very quickly. Right. Um, and it made me just think twice about, and this just reiterates exactly how I feel. If I would have been sitting in this church while she was giving this sermon, I 110% no, I would have got up and walked out. And she'd have called you a lesbian. That, look, <laughs> look at that lesbian spirit running out of here. <laughs> we still love you, baby. Uh-uh. And you know what? It'd be like, and even if I was, I'm not, but even if I was, like, girl, bye. Bye, girl. <laughs> bye, lesbian. Girl, bye. <laughs> like, whatever. Like, the fact that she would even, that's what I'm talking about, the judgment. Like, why are we here? We're here in church to actually escape from that. And yet yeah, that's exactly that's what is being thrown in. When I used to sit in Sunday school, not Sunday school, in Bible study and in quote unquote church um, with, you know, with my classmates or with the city, with the community, when I was in school in Texas, it felt so judgment. It felt like the whole sermon all the time was about who's doing wrong and why it's wrong for you to do wrong. And it's like, I thought that you were coming here. It should be more of a general idea. Let mm -hmm. people that have their own issues come to you separate for counseling. That's fine. Y'all mm -hmm. can talk about whatever you're going to talk about. Pastors are counselors and you should, I mean, why not utilize them sometimes for counseling? That's fine. But for a pastor to come out their mouth and talk and single out one particular thing that they think that they believe with every ounce of their being that is a sin and only talk about and condemn that and the people that do that sin, you can't you can't tell me people don't feel some kind of way about that. All right, let me ask you this question. So let's just say the passage of scripture on that Sunday is about that. How do you handle it? And this is what I was talking about earlier, um, off off the air. But I was saying this is why everybody's not a pastor. And there's a specific way that you communicate and that you um, speak to a congregation or that you um, pass the word. I and mean, love. That's, that's yeah. the key. It's and that's literally what love. a pastor does. But pastors, from what I thought they did, I thought they went to divinity school. I thought mm -hmm. they had to have a license. Like, I thought there was, like, things, steps you had to take. And it sometimes feels like everybody and their grandma's a doggone pastor. Mm -hmm. when, does Shirley, when does Shirley Caesar become a pastor? I don't know. When does she go to <laughs> I don't know. You know, maybe not. I could be all wrong. I don't know. I know ministers, you know, you have to go to divinity school. Maybe there's certain things that you don't have to do. I don't know. But I do feel like not everyone has been blessed with the talent to pastor properly and i think there's a way to say it and a way to not say it and i think she did it incorrectly she did it from a place of judgment and a place of cruelty even the tone of her voice mm -hmm. y'all heard it the tone was very cruel to me and i can't imagine spending my time that i don't even have in a place where people are literally coming from a place of not love or not fun or not you know like i'm just you know being real with you from a sisterly place it came from a place of judgment and almost like hate yeah it was strong and that's why people called it a hate speech and others think that that's wrong to say but i'm like well it kind of felt that way and i'm not even gay and i felt hated i'm just where is the common sense though what i'm saying is how you gonna do this and you work for somebody who's openly gay who does she work for this openly gay? Oh, you mean like who can people that she worked with in the industry right yeah that's true i mean she is in the mm -hmm. industry and Ellen DeGeneres disinvited her from her show. <laughs> disinvited? Disinvited, <laughs> which I think is, you know, some people had an issue with that. I remember Tamar Braxton wrote something 
that people interpreted as Tamar, and we all know Tamar was raised in the church and she's, you know, can, you know, she knows the church in and out, but she also knows the secular side of things. So I don't think she was completely defending her. I think she was offering a perspective and she was saying, well, I wish that Ellen wouldn't have disinvited her. I wish that Ellen would have brought her on and made it a teachable moment. The issue I have with that is at some point, and this is something black people really need to learn. You don't always need to cater and you don't always need to teach. Sometimes like Kimberell is a 44 year old woman, right? You're not ever too old to learn, but sometimes you need to be like, no, this is my platform. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm putting my, I'm putting the division up. No, I'm not allowing it here. And that's exactly what Ellen said. Um, Ellen said that she's no longer invited on my show because she was going on, Kimberell was going on her show to sing a duet with Pharrell. Both of them have a song on the Hidden Figure soundtrack that Pharrell scored the whole soundtrack. messed up your money, girl. Yeah, and I mean, this could have been a perfect opportunity to just. You could have tied off that. (laughs) (laughs) Could have been a perfect opportunity to just like been in a whole different app, you know, like whole different atmosphere just a whole different audience this is the biggest talk show on tv right now and you just said oh i'm gonna call homosexuals perverted ellen degeneres is an openly gay woman who is the one of the most powerful people in the industry and look if you want to choose to say well my the word means everything to me then fine then stay over there but like you were saying earlier you were saying you got to pick a lane yeah can't do both right jesus is is not mainstream his way is narrow, sister. <laughs> she crucified that career. And I heard, this is some tea for y'all. I heard that she is a B-I-T-C-H with that, everybody she works with. Duh, you could tell. See, I didn't know that. I did not no, get but that I'm, vibe. Just from the tone of what she was saying. That's true, too. I've been in a church before, and I've heard this speech before, but I've heard it from different angles given in love. I've heard it like, um, like you said, from a counseling standpoint. Yeah. Or, we all have struggles. Mm-hmm. It needs to be that parentheses needs to be bracketed around mm-hmm. this conversation mm-hmm. because we all struggling with something and we mm-hmm. all need love. But I really question if she called to do this because you're saying uh, pastors have talent. It's not a talent. It's supposed to be a gift and a calling from God. If well, I equate. If you call, you're yeah. supposed to already have the sensitivity and the understanding. Like when you read the word, it's all about love. There's judgment in there, but it's judgment in love. So if you don't have that sister... Well, I think that she can, um, I don't know if she can bounce back from this because to be honest, I think she, she truly believes in what she said and everybody has a right to believe whatever the hell they want to believe. But you cannot be upset that people like Ellen and people in this industry, which let's all keep it 100% real. A lot of the powerful people are openly gay. So if you're sitting there talking mess about a person that they, who they are, why would they? Why would they want to give you, you a make platform? Make your bed. You gotta lay in it. You better. So be you ready. have to pick a lane. And the Bible says that too. You reap what you sow, right? Yep. All yep. right. Amen. So you have a lane. You can say what you want to say all day, but there's repercussions for everything. Everything. Just like if a black person, as a black person, if you heard, you know, some somebody, some pro- producer or somebody going in about black people, you telling me you're gonna still ask them to work on your album, Kimberell? You really gonna ask them that? No, it's because you can't change who you are. And Ellen believes she can't change who she is. So why why are you mad at her for doing that? Why is anyone mad? I will say the comment section on the YBF.com on these posts about Kimberell. Popping. Lit. Popping. People going in. 
because you know how us blacks can be when it comes mm-hmm. to the church. Mm-hmm. It's 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 on both sides. It's people that 100% defend Kim and say, hey, this is the church. Like, this is what the church stands for. She said nothing incorrect. She said nothing factually incorrect to them. This is what the word preaches. So all she did was deliver the message. And how many other people, and this is kind of what Tamar was saying as well. How many other people, how many times have you sat in church and heard this exact message? So is it Kim Burrell that we're mad at or are we mad at the church? I don't think it's the spirit that she was attacking. I think it's the spirit in which she was talking. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like, the way it was delivered. It's not the narrative. It's the way it was delivered. You know what I'm saying? It was coming from a place where I'm tired of these gay people. I'm tired <laughs> of them. You know what I'm saying? Like she was ready to slap and, somebody. And to be honest, it's a little both for me. But I do think that for a lot of people, it's it's they don't have a problem with the a lot of black people, especially don't have a problem with the message. They do have a problem with the delivery. Or there's a lot of black people who don't have a problem with either. They're That's like, the well, ones hey. who was in the, on the clip saying, hey, man, tell yes. us this. Yeah. Everybody, yes, speak. You know how us be. Right, until their daughter come home, gig. Come mm-hmm. on now. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. Don't be like that. Hmm. Ain't that how it always is? That's the way it is, man. You hate gay people, you're going to have a gay son. <laughs> That's the way it goes. So, anyway, Ellen had Pharrell on by himself today. So <laughs> Ellen is not having it. And she started off the conversation letting everybody know. She was like, so Kim Burrell was, she's like, I've never met her before, but I was excited to meet her. But she decided to go on Facebook Live and say and call homosexuals perverts. So she basically was talking about me. So I did not allow that on my platform. Right. And I applauded her for that because I wish black people would be a little bit more adamant about who we give our time to. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to say the name, but you know, y'all that's working with Donald Trump, same thing. Hmm. Stop using things as a teachable moment and benefiting from it. Stop it. Yeah, that teachable moment is that's after a while you just gotta put a, get yeah. a get some standards. Anyway. Um so they talked her and Pharrell talked and Pharrell made it very clear that he does not agree with Kim in the least bit. Even the day that this broke this story broke with Kim being in the pulpit saying these things, he put up an Instagram post basically condemning what she said um and so he was originally scheduled to perform their duet together um but they he ended up not doing it and and he did make it very clear that there's no room for prejudice in 2017 there's no room for non-acceptance in 2017 um and he's very clear that um he doesn't agree with her and he kind of it sounds like he's pissed off at her girl kim who you about to work with we didn't think about this. Well, here's the other piece of tea that I meant to tell y'all about. Not only is she a B-I-T-C-H with a lot of people she works with, from what I hear, we did, we interviewed, we did a mini interview with her one time. We put it on Instagram like a few weeks ago and she was nice enough. Um, but I also hear that she has a chip on her shoulder for not being she doesn't feel like she gets the due she deserves. She doesn't feel like she's mainstream enough like Yolanda Adams and Erica Campbell. And, you know, like they are known. She feels like she's been in this business forever. And people like Beyonce and Whitney Houston have co-signed her for years. Jesus was persecuted. Hey, and I say, if that's your if that's your goal, this ain't the way to do it. Right. I mean, you have kingdom goals or you have worldly goals, sister. She needs to pick a lane. That's, that's what really this right. All comes that's down what I'm saying. To. Pick a lane. Oh, Kim Chow. So Shirley Caesar has gotten in on this mess. 
She you gonna lame. Make, she gonna make sure she is talked about all 2017, isn't she? Thank she you. done came back to life with this you name it challenge right before Thanksgiving. And now she's back because she chimed in and doubled down on what Kim Burrell said. So, Pastor Shirley Caesar. Don't forget that. Say it with your chest. I'm going to go ask these people, what did you go do? <laughs> Give me your divinity school license. Give, show, show me the receipts. Oh, man. Shirley pulled up at the First Baptist Church of Glen Arden Wednesday night. And she said she's going to do some guest pastoring alongside fellow singer Marvin Sapp. And it was revival night. We all know what that means. Everybody's on the hunter. Everybody lit up in church. Revival. <laughs> so Shirley, with the symbols in the back, decided to go to town about what Kimberell had said. So she said, you, Kimberell, should have said something four years ago when our president made that stuff all right. She said, the only thing that you should have did differently was told people to put their phones up. Oh, Pastor Shirley. There's more division in the church. That. I mean, if you, go, if you believe what you believe, then stand in your belief. Why do you need people to put their phone up? Why are you scared of people recording it? That's what she said, put your phone up? Mm -hmm. She said you should have told, Pastor Shirley said to Kim, in essence. Spirit of fear doesn't come from the Lord. <laughs> she said that Kim should have told the, the, the people to put their phone up. But she was right in saying what she said. That's basically what she's saying. I'm going to let y'all hear it for yourself. So if you were going to say something, you should have said it four years ago, but our president made that stuff all right. So after that, she went into a rendition of you name it. Beans, greens, tomatoes, and everything else. Wait, I, I promise to you. You can't be serious right now. <laughs> Dead serious. <laughs> we have the videos on the YBF.com. I'm sorry, Pastor Shirley. You got to pick a lane too, sweetheart. That's not in the Bible. Greens, beans, potatoes, tomatoes. I promise you. She had the music in the back and she did a whole rendition live right there in the pulpit. By the way, Kim Burrell's new radio show that, she, that was picked up by Texas Southern University has been ixnayed. TSU was like, nah, son, we're not getting involved in this. And they canceled her show. It literally had just started like a few months ago. Man, that's, that's unfortunate, Pastor Kim. A lot of people say that she's going to be fine because, you know, the church is going to support people of the church. Um, I just know if you, you have to pick your goals. If your goal was to be larger and your goal was to be more mainstream, your goal was to do more. I don't see that happening if you're going to continue saying things like this in, in the incorrect way. Mm -hmm. um, if you just want to stay where you at and be um, a rock star in the Southern churches, then girl, keep doing you. Right. Say what you want to say. I'm going to pray for you though, Kim. Y'all like New Year's Eve started off so <laughs> shaky. <laughs> And it started off super shaky for Mariah Carey. Like, okay, so here's the deal. I was sitting here. I had people over for New Year's Eve because I wasn't feeling all that great. And I just was like, I usually like to go out on New Year's. I don't like to go out. But New Year's Eve, I that's the one time every year I actually want to go out. 
this year I was like, mm, maybe not. I'm going to take a cheat day for my diet and <laughs> eat pizza and have all my friends over. So that's what we did. And we stopped paying attention to the, what was it? Like Dick Clark's Rock and Eve. We were going back and forth between that and the pit bull thing and all that because it kind of got boring after a while. So we were like playing black car revoked and all this other stuff. So honestly, when Mariah came up, we didn't even know it. We were watching something else and playing a game. Um, I think she came on like at like 11 PM. So I get hit up by text. Like my phone starts blowing up and they're like, what the F did you see Mariah? Like literally it's text, tweets, Instagram. It's all these messages, like just flooding in. Did you see Mariah girl? What the F girl, you better turn your channel. Like I was like, what, what is going on? And so I quickly turn and of course it's over. So I hit rewind Shout out to Tom Warner for allowing us to rewind <laughs> even when you're not on that channel. We rewinded it and see her performing and we're like, whoa, whoa, wait. Watched it. When I tell you my room of like 10 people, like we fell out. We watched it three to four times in a row. Mariah is one. Immediately I said, I think she's drunk or high or both. Immediately. Mariah took this stage in New York City, and it, by the way, was one of the warmest New Year's Eves on record. Yeah, so she cannot blame this foolishness that went down the on the cold or the weather. It was like 50-something degrees. I stood outside at, at Times Square when it was like 10 degrees, and it was unbearable. Um, you know, we had VIP everything, and I was still struggling. She was in 50-something degree weather and just stepped out there to perform for two minutes. And she did not do it at all. It was such a struggle. So she was really ambitious and decided to kick things off with old Lang Syne as well as emotions. We all know emotions <laughs> is one of her more difficult songs. Right. And back in the day, was that her first album? Yeah, it was. With yeah. Vision of Love. That was like 25 that. years ago. Like we can't. It's like 93. No, 90. 90. That's like 89.90. Oh, my God. It's like 27 years ago. Like, we're not there anymore. You know, like, we can't. We might not want to sing that song live anymore. <laughs> um, and as soon as they start that music, I was like, Ooh, emotions. Girl, you real ambitious. <laughs> and she didn't sing. She didn't do anything. We figured out really quickly, probably, like, toward the middle of Old Lang Syne, like, oh, this is a, this is a straight-up lip-sync situation? Okay, girl, we're going to roll with you because you Mariah. We're going to roll. Do your thing. She didn't even lip sync. She just stood there. It was almost like she forgot how to move, how to walk or like she forgot how to just lip sync. She was so baffled and so confused. She looked like a deer in headlights. It was almost like, you know, like when you're wearing like double spanks and it's like they're riding up and you don't really want to make a move because it hurts so bad to move in certain directions. I was like, maybe her spanks are giving her hell. I don't know. But it was a sad and tragic affair. I wanted to like pull out a Bible and pray for her. <laughs> it was so awkward. She couldn't move. She kept looking at the camera. She kept fiddling with her hair and her earpiece. I get that your earpiece might be messed up. But girl, when you're Mariah Carey, you work it out. You better, I don't care that the music is wrong. And she did kind of spit in the middle of a song. She kind of goes, my vocals tracks ain't working, so but we just going to keep it moving. She asked the crowd, like, can you sing it? And they were doing that. And I thought, okay, we're back on track. We're back on track. No, then she stops. And then the vocal track comes back on, and she starts singing. 
and then just drops the mic like real limply and like stops doing the lip syncing. Like, girl, what's going on? So all I know is the first thing out of my mouth, I said, oh, Beyonce would never. Yeah, go to Beehive president. Would never. And this is coming from someone who loves Mariah. But the first thing I thought of was, ooh, child, I don't even think Tanache would do this. Mariah isn't a, isn't a diva, you know what I'm saying? Mariah is 100% a diva. But she doesn't. She's kind of hood, though. You know what I'm saying? I think she's. I think she's awkward. Yeah, I mean, like Beyonce is a diva, and she's professional. Like you know, she's a consummate performer. Right, Mariah um, kind of hood. But Mariah is also a legend, and she's she amazing is. at what she does. So it it was just so baffling that okay, if your earpiece isn't working, if there's no vocal, tra- if it's not the right vocal track, girl, take the earpiece out and just sing. Right. Today you're gonna have to sing. Today you're not gonna have to lip sing. You're getting paid probably an insane amount of money to be here for two minutes on this stage. The least you can do is sing. It was like one verse from each song. Mm-hmm. Is it that difficult? You're given everything in life. Her dancers step their game all the way up. By the way, if your earpiece and your vocal track wasn't working properly, she says she didn't hear it, BS, because your dancers did not miss a beat, honey. Not one beat. Dancers was popping. Popping. <laughs> the one that you've been making out with on your show, Brian Tanaka, he was doing his thing. The one that you just fired because of this fiasco, what's his name, Andrew or whatever? He was popping. I don't know where your background dancers or background singers were. Apparently, the guy she fired, who she gets into it with on the show, he moved them off the stage and wanted to make more room for the dancers. So I guess they're trying to blame them now. I don't know. Um, But everybody else was popping. She looked amazing. And it's like, if you look that good, then girl, make it work. You're singing one verse. (laughs) Right. And getting paid probably like a quarter of a million dollars to do it. But you're on live TV. This is the most watched new year's eve show ever i wouldn't even do this for ratings like you're mariah Carey, you don't need that you know people already think she can't sing no more this is not the thing that you do to prove otherwise she's still a legend though she is but this it hurt my heart like that's because she's a legend that's why because it also because it was unnecessary it didn't have to happen you can sing one verse and the reason why i think emotions was very ambitious is because that high note and the vocal track did have the high note so she could have stopped on that. She could have just shut up and let the vocal track do it. Oh, Mariah. She was going through something. What, what was she possibly going through? You know what she's probably going through? That $400 an ounce weed that she <laughs> was spotted going to get. She's on that good, huh? <laughs> so, so like a day later, after all this drama happened and this horrific performance went down, Ryan Seacrest's face after they cut to him was epic. Um, so this story came out with pictures and everything like all the receipts of mariah walking into the most expensive weed shop in aspen colorado where she spends every christmas walking into there with her disguise that is made up of an evening gown and sunglasses which is mariah so it's not really a disguise um she walked in there and bought 400 ounce weed lots of it she was detoxing she had a rough day that's what most people do with smoke you had a rough day you smoke some weed Apparently, she the the pictures in the whole situation happened on Christmas Eve. So it looks like she just flew, you know, she was in Aspen for Christmas and stuff and then just flew to New York to do New Year's Eve. I wonder if she probably brought her weed with her. Like something was going on. Oh, you mean New Year's Eve? 
Well, she bought it on Christmas she Eve. She bought it on Christmas Eve? Yeah. Oh, yeah. and bought the weed with her? I think. To New York? I think she might have bought the weed with her. I, I, I don't know. She might have um, some new weed. But she definitely was on some weed. Well, I do know she drinks champagne like it's water. That manager, y'all remember the podcast last time when me and Karu were up here talking about that horrific show? That manager, that everything, it's just wrong, 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 wrong. I wouldn't be surprised the manager egged her on to be drunk and high if she was. The Russian manager, right? The Russian manager. Maybe she had some Russian vodka in her pocket. <laughs> Distilled. Yeah. To keep her warm in the 50 degree weather. Happy New Year, Mariah. I still love you. I don't know. I don't like her right now. I think this was so wrong. It's of not her. about light. It's about love. I do love her, but yeah. I don't. Oh, it's so sad. Um. Yeah. So four hundred dollars an ounce. By the way, that for y'all weed smokers, smokers out there, it's called. <laughs> the place is called the Original Leaf, and the name of the weed is Amafu. It's a popular strain. If I'm pronouncing it wrong, y'all know I'm not. I do not smoke weed, so I would not know. I quit, y'all. Jenny McCarthy let her have it. Jenny was co-hosting the show with Ryan Seacrest, and when Mariah, when this first broke, Mariah blamed Ryan Seacrest and Dick Clark Productions. She said that they sabotaged her performance, and it's like, girl, they've been doing this for since before I was born. Like, why would they sabotage your performance? That doesn't make any sense. Scapegoat. Um, and so Jenny was like, I wasn't gonna say anything because Jenny has a podcast too. She was like, I wasn't going to say anything. But when she started blaming production, that's when I draw the line. So Jenny said she aired all the tea. She said Mariah didn't even do a sound check. She came up in here and stood off to the side while some stand in did her check in for her. And she did almost like a dance through, like a walkthrough. And the guys, her dancers just carrying her from place to place. She was like, so no, she, she wasn't prepared. And she was like, honestly, she sounds a mess. And she's not good at this anymore. It's not. It's not her time anymore. Jenny did not go back. How you really feel, Jenny? I'm gonna let y'all hear exactly what Jenny said. And I felt really bad for her. It was a complete train wreck. My sympathy stopped, however, the moment she accused Dick Clark Productions of sabotaging her performance. If Dick Clark were alive today, I guarantee. He would be on air right now fighting back. He's not, so I'm going to. Dick Clark Productions has been doing this show for 45 years. For her to defame them was so incredibly insulting. Ooh, the shade, honey. I love Jenny McCarthy. I watched her show and everything. Because she's quite shady when she wants to be. But anyway, oh, Mariah... I don't know what to say to you. Um, her ex-husband, Tommy Matola, is now chiming in. And, you know, I do I blame Tommy Matola for a lot of the awkwardness that we see with Mariah because he kept her like she was Rapunzel. Like he kept her like in some <laughs> castle, his big ass mansion, and wouldn't allow her to come downstairs and talk to people, meet with people. Like he controlled every little thing about her since the time she was like 19 years old or something. So, or maybe even younger than that, and married her super young and just controlled everything about her, her career, her persona, everything. Um, so he's saying she needs to start controlling her own career and she needs to put her foot down and fire her whole team. I agree. I'm team Nick. You never see Mariah acting out when Nick with her. 
She well, <laughs> she always well behaved. She's chilling. You know what I'm saying? Not well behaved. I'm just saying she. This type of stuff not happening. No fiascos or nothing. She good. She leave Nick down the tube, going haywire. She has kids now. She has twins. It's like, girl, like we got to do better. That's Nick. That's true. I am dying to hear what Nick has to say about this. Call him up. I know. Let's call him up. We do have his info. What's up, Nick? It's the YBL. <laughs> I'm going to find out. Don't let Raya get you riled up, bro. It's going to be all right. Mm. <laughs> oh, what are we going to do? We did hear that she fired um, her dancer, though, which is so shady because it's like, I don't think that was the issue. Like Dance the same? Right, I don't. I don't think that that's what you should have done. Like that's not what, what Tommy Matola was saying. I think that you, he, Tommy Matola actually specifically said he needs to fire. She needs to fire the manager. Specifically said that. Then of course the manager pops back and calls him an artifact and says, <laughs> <laughs> and says, who cares what you think? You're an artifact. Um, yeah, I think his name is Anthony or something. Um, I don't think that was the move, but I feel like she had to blame somebody, and he's her also her creative director. <sighs> she makes my head hurt. Meanwhile, she was posting pictures on Instagram right after that in a hot tub with her boobs spilling out. I'm like, girl, you ain't learned nothing. Cute swimsuit, though. <laughs> Have y'all heard about this, um, the, the trial, the sentencing for Dylan Roof, the guy that shot all the people, the nine church members in Charlotte. I'm sorry, in Charleston. Oh, you know, I don't believe in the death penalty and I'm gonna tell y'all why. So, so Dylan Roof, as we all know, just to backtrack a little bit, he was the white boy who walked into a Charleston church um, and sat there for, I wanna say over an hour and listen to church members have Bible study. And as most churches, black, white, whatever, as churches do, it's an open call. It's like, you know, come one, come all. And so they're not going to ask for ID. They're not going to say, no, you can't come in. The whole purpose of the church is to welcome anybody. Embrace mankind. Yeah, you don't have to be a member to come in and and do Bible study. Um, And this is that's why this is so hurtful, I think, to a lot of people is because it's like you went in there with the intention to kill people that had their arms open to you. Right. That's hard for anybody, black or white. It's hard for anybody to fathom that. Um, And that's exactly what Dylan Roof did um, at Emmanuel African Methodist Episcopal Church, one of the oldest black churches in the country. Um, Of course, the whole community, as well as all of America is still mourning this whole disgusting situation. So Dylan is on, he was of course convicted of, I think like 33 federal counts of crimes. Like it's, it's bad. And the sentencing phase is happening as we speak. And so he got in front of the jury and told the jury, look, I remember how I felt when I did these things, when I committed these murders and how I knew I had to do something. And then I realized it was worth it. He says he believes that black people were doing wrong and the whole black community is involved in wrongdoing. So he had to do something to make it right. And that meant killing black people. Um, 100% 
a white supremacist in that way. Um, he also told the jury, I would like to make it crystal clear. I do not regret what I did. I am not sorry. And then he said, there is nothing mentally wrong with me. Well, I disagree with that. There's something 100% mentally wrong with you. But he said, there's nothing wrong with me psychologically. Mm, there's clearly a lot of, a lot wrong with you psychologically, but I don't feel like that absolves him from sentencing of anything because I do feel like he still did it. It's kind of like with murder, you know, like murder in most states is, you know, you are, it's, it qualifies for the death penalty. If that's what's given to you, it does qualify in most states. Um, yeah. Do I think that if you can actually take somebody's life, there has to be something off in your head. Does that mean you're mentally incapable? No, maybe not. But there's something a little off in your head. You have some type of little, what do you call it? Like a court, like there's something off. Um, so I think he believes everything. I, he, I believe he has deserves everything that's coming to him. But the issue that I have here is I don't believe in the death penalty. And I don't care what you did. I think that the death penalty is actually better. Um, it's better treatment than anything else you could get. I want him to suffer. I want him to live his life in squalor and, and like just horrible conditions and just have that in his head, what he did. I want him to live with it for the rest of his life. To me, that's worse. Not me. Fry him. Bat him up, grease him up, fry him. Let him go. <laughs> gotta go, gotta go. Get him out of here. Well, I'm gonna tell y'all why I um I used to think like you. I used to abide by the whole eye for an eye, which is in the Bible, isn't it? I'm not even saying eye for an eye. He he has no remorse. So what good is he to society? And right that's now? part of the the criteria to um give someone the death penalty if they have no remorse. Um, you're right. So according to the law. Yeah, he's one. I, I cannot imagine he's not going to get the death penalty. Fry him he up. Probably, most likely will. With two sides in a drink, fry him up. You got to go. Um, my issue with the death penalty is this. When I was in high school, I went to a Catholic school. Um, every junior class, so we were about 16 years old, um, which is a pretty formative age. Now I see why they did it um, now that I'm older. Um, every junior class takes a trip to Angola. And if you all don't know, Angola is pretty much the biggest prison in America, from right. what I understand. It um, it's in Louisiana. I went to school in Louisiana. Um, and it's bad. It's everyone that's there is there for the rest of their lives. It's not a temporary situation. Right. It's you killed one or more people or you did something even more horrific than that. That's that's pretty much everybody in there. And it's the largest prison in, in the country. Um, of course, majority black. I think at that time it was 90 something percent black. Um, and there's a lot of oof, that was a time where I started kind of paying attention to prison reform and paying attention to the justice system, because I think there's something to that. And there is the other side of it is and is the other reason why my school being a Catholic school, why they sent us there not as a scared straight situation, even though there was an element of that, they wanted us to see the other side of things. So we don't ever go down that route, but they also wanted us to see the side of compassion and the side of, um, uh, remorse and the side of change and what in rehabilitation, what does jail and prison really mean? Mm -hmm. And that's when I changed my mind about death penalty. 
not only because I feel like sometimes you deserve worse than that, but also because I did a report right after that about, you know, how many times people have been sent to death incorrectly. And it's like at that time, this was 1998, 99. At that time, there was a 60% chance that 60% of the cases as of that year were overturned because they had just started doing DNA testing. 60%. And it's like, how many people are we killing incorrectly? Should we keep doing this? So that kind of affects me even to this day, knowing that there's a backup when it comes to there's a there's a huge backlog when it comes to you know figuring out who did what and figuring out running processing and DNA tests and all these different things and I think there's a definitely a preschool to prison pipeline I think there's so many different variables here that a lot of times can lead to death of black men but we're talking about Dylan Roof. But we're not talking about a black man right now. We're but not you can't, talking about innocence. We're talking about guilty I white know. guy who admitted he did it out of hatred. But you can't you can't be a buffet person. It can't be I believe in it sometimes. Oh, you mean you? Anybody. I don't believe in being a buffet. Like, I don't believe in being a buffet Christian, meaning you only pick and choose what you want to support and what you want to be. You have to be, if you believe in something, you have to believe in it across the board. But each circumstance is different. It is, but if you believe in death penalty, you believe in death penalty. You can't say, I only believe in it sometimes. Well, Because if you fundamentally don't believe in it, then you fundamentally don't believe in it. That means no case should be able to change your mind. I will say this, though. I ain't going to shed a damn tear. Right. And I ain't going to care. Does it change my mind about believing? No, it doesn't. I still don't believe in the death penalty for many reasons. Um, But, hey. I don't know if I, if I don't know if I do either, but. Mm. Put some hot sauce on him, fry him up, and I ain't losing no sleep. It'll be all right. <laughs> I'm not gonna make him the poster boy for why I don't believe in death penalty, but um, he killed Momo and Paul Paul. Them, that's not right. It's not right. That's not right. I'm not gonna lose a lick of sleep. I don't think anybody in this country, other than the KKK, is gonna lose a lick of sleep. Right. Go over. Go this. pick on somebody that's going to at least shoot back. Don't go in the church. I, I gotta go. Gotta go. Get him out of here. Ugh, it's so gross. <laughs> Y'all, this Soldier Boy and Chris Brown and Karuchi drama. Soldier Boy, tell him. Oh God, I feel a headache coming on. I feel it. <laughs> I really hate Soldier Boy today. Like I really can't stand him right now. After this foolishness this week, I cannot stand him. He's been going under people's picture, under girls' pictures, like especially like exes of other rappers and going under their Instagram pictures and posting like smiley faces and heart emojis and the, and the emojis with the eye with the heart eyes and <laughs> just being real petty to all his like rapper friends, ex friends is exes. So he's done it to Karuchi Tran. He's done it to Nicki Minaj. He even posted up pictures with Nicki. Talking about Nicki. I love you. You're my queen. <laughs> he's so shady. Um, he just did it when, um, Oh gosh. A few, it's been a few people. <sighs> of course, y'all know Chris Brown ain't all the way right. And he saw, right? He saw the Soldier Boy started posting things underneath Karuchi's vacation pictures over the New Year's Eve holiday. And Karuchi's, you know, posing up like she always does when she goes on vacation, taking uh, sexy pictures, cute pictures. And here goes Soldier Boy with little smiley faces and hard eyes. Chris had been posting on her pictures too, though. Talking about I still want it. You know, basically still shooting his shot in 2017. Karuchi ain't said 
how did this boy in like two years by the way um so everybody's like well dang chris just get a ticket and go down there then i mean mm-hmm. he's like non-stop trying to get at her and she is not responding she didn't respond to soldier boy either chris saw what soldier boy wrote and it was all hell broke loose <laughs> he started going in all of a sudden on instagram and twitter like calling him out his name talking about why you don't who you think you are this ain't even about karuchi yeah it is this ain't even about karuchi and you just disrespectful and la da da so then soldier boy goes on twitter and is like oh so chris brown just called my phone just talking about trying to get me on facetime talking about why you talking to my ex karuchi what year is this how old are we and soldier boy's like yeah chris is mad and Nigga, get off my get off my phone. Didn't like going in. I'm gonna let y'all hear it because it's actually kind of funny. Rather, hey Chris Brown, you a bitch, nigga. When I see you, I'm gonna beat the fuck out you, nigga. You think you hard because you hit Rihanna, nigga? Because you beat Rihanna up, nigga? Do that shit to me, puss ass, nigga. The fuck wrong with you, nigga? You gonna call my phone on Facetime? Talking about some, oh, why you liking Karuchi pictures on Instagram, man? Why you liking Karuchi pictures on Instagram? When I see you, I'm going to catch the fade. I'm going to knock you out. I'm going to rock. Nigga, this Fruit Town Paru, nigga, you ain't even good in the hood, nigga. We from the same hood, nigga. I'm bumped, and nigga. When I see you, we catching the fade, nigga. I'm going to knock your bitch ass out, nigga. You got me fucked up, nigga. Officer Soldier, what, bitch? I got caught with a Draco in the 30 clip, nigga. And I spit that check for the best fucking lawyers to get me out of jail. Pussy ass, nigga. Nigga, I done shot niggas before. You see what the fuck on my face, nigga. When I see you, Chris, I'm going to beat your ass. And Karuchi don't want you, nigga. She don't want you, you lame-ass nigga. Stop snorting so much coke, nigga. Pussy-ass nigga. You a fuck nigga, bitch. After that, they go back and forth with the insults, and it's epic. All of, I mean, I feel like the internet damn near broke. Chris called him a crackhead after Soldier Boy <laughs> called him a crackhead. Chris said it's pot meat kettle. Like it, it was so much back and forth. I want to say about 12 hours later, Karuchi steps in and Karuchi posts. Now she has not addressed either of them at all. She hasn't talked to Chris in, like I said, over a year. Um, Karuchi steps in and writes this whole long spiel about. I don't know what's going on here, but I'm just doing me over here because, you know, the guys are talking about now they want to fight for real and they want to box or whatever they want to do. And she's like, I don't know what's going on here, but this has to stop. I'm just doing me. I walk into my house and see my Emmy with my name on it. I'm like, girl, where, where, how do we get here? Right. And not da 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 da. And, you know, if you write, you over here writing songs about, this and that basically referencing Chris Mm -hmm. you need to leave that alone and let me do me Chris was livid so after he's been trying to get her attention for two years team breezy oh my god after he's been trying to get her attention for two years she finally responds I guess not in a way he wanted her to he lights into her this is probably the worst I've ever seen Chris go off Chris is a full-time gangster that's a part-time singer. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> Chris a gangster that did, was never raised in the hood and ain't even from California to be claiming these California gangs. Ugh. Allegedly. So here's what Chris told her. I'm not going to even much front with y'all. <laughs> <laughs> As shady and sexist and disgusting as what he said was, it was still kind of funny. He said, no one asked for this opinion. It ain't over you, girl. Keep the fame you got and stay classy. 
first of all like what do you mean keep the fame you got and stay classy you ain't been classy ever chris anyway he said this man randomly started this talking about soldier boy now you gassed plug in what you got going on how dare karuchi plug her businesses <laughs> plug her own stuff. right how do we know you again i ain't no more it ain't no more cray you know they used to call karuchi and Kyle, whatever and all that i did a gesture being playful commenting under your pics <laughs> no, you were trying to get that back, Brady. Right. He said, notice how much attention you weren't getting until I put still wanted under your picture. Karuchi is two years famous. I'm so sick of niggas coming at me left and right, and now she want to chime in. Nobody gives a F. Now this dumb ass want to pop like it's about you living in this dream world of yours. All your friends are your friends because you was Chris Brown's girl. Ooh. And the other friends you still talk to, I effed. Hit them where it hurt, Chris. So advice from bitches <laughs> that have my D in their mouth is really not informative. Child, that's why I fell out. Ooh. I was dead. And once again, you're welcome for this pub. I, I fell out. Like, I was done after this because it was so sexist and disgusting. But how savage was this? Yeah, he went in. He went in. Karuchi said nothing but put up a post of her daytime Emmy. <laughs> Stay classy. With her name on it that says when, producer. When Chris go low, you go high, Karuchi. You know, you better take Flotus's advice. <laughs> take it. And then Mark Garagos, who is Chris Brown's lawyer, the famous one. He's He's been there for Chris since... Whew, since Chris was in jail and all that foolishness. But you know he's over here like counting his money ahead of time. He's like, oh, Chris is about to go back to court. Right. Let me let me chime in and pub this even more. That's what I think. So Mark Garagos goes, um, he retweets something Soldier Boy said about Karuchi and Chris Brown drama. And then he says, I'm not sure who you are, but please confirm to the world that you will accept the defamation lawsuit I will file against you. Hashtag Team Breezy. Then he said, the world thinks that you are best known for rudimentary, superficial, lyrical <laughs> verses. Insipid subject matter. Hashtag Team Breezy. His lawyerhood, too. Why is lawyer so hood? Right. <laughs> and Mark Garagos, by the way, is like, from what I hear, like actually super conservative and actually like an a-hole. But he surely chimed in and was Team Breezy all the way. He said, I'm so tired of hashtag hater hoes, hashtag posers. A lawyer said this. I who's on CNN? Lawyer. I want my lawyer to ride for me like that. Team Breezy, baby. Oh, my God. And then Chris start posting memes talking about Soldier Boy hairline. <laughs> His hand talking about that's when the rigor mortis set in. He looked like a drug addict. They started posting dueling videos. I was like, oh, God. What's even funnier is like the old head, um, like Daz Dillinger, like a whole bunch of old head rappers are like, this what we doing now? They're like, we talking, we beefing over Twitter. He was like, the cops watching everything y'all doing, bro. Like, you can't be talking like this. So Soldier Boy gets the bright idea to go prove he still has a hood pass. So <laughs> we suddenly see him on Instagram Live. This is in the middle of all this back and forth the other day. We suddenly see him on Instagram Live walking through the hood in Compton, allegedly. And he's talking about, yeah, dude, I'm still in the hood. I'm still the, y'all said Soldier can't come to the hood. Y'all said Soldier can't come. And all of a sudden, he sees some random dude off to the side. And this is while Soldier's spitting off, like, gang terminology. Tripping. And so he grabs some dude that's, like, in front of him. Clearly, he doesn't know him. And tries to put his arm around him, talking about, yeah, this is still my homie. The dude pushed him off and was like, nigga, get off me. 
you don't know me and then a fight like a brawl kind of happens right. and somebody jacks soldier boy's phone now this is all happening on live coming at you live oh my god when keeping it real goes <laughs> all the way wrong like it was so bad it but it was so funny I was just glad that like shots didn't ring out and we didn't see Soldier Boy get shot live right, on right, Instagram. Right. Um, it was very basic, so basic. And then we noticed a second video came out. Then we noticed what really happened. We saw it from Soldier Boy's angle. So the phone drops and all this stuff happens. We thought that he was like held captive or something. I don't know. But then we see a follow up video that somebody across the street had taken. And so we get to see the whole picture. And basically, Soldier Boy, like, he, like, squared up. Like, he was trying to box the dude. He was like, let's go, let's go. And I was like, okay, well, at least he didn't get punked. But why are we doing this in the first? Why are we fighting in the street in Compton? Didn't you work your ass off to get up out the hood? And now you come, you voluntarily come back to the hood and pretty much get your ass beat. Like, I don't understand what's going on here. So then Chris, of course, has things to say. So he goes on Instagram. He like, mm, he going to dream about that. <laughs> He gonna cry in the car. He gonna cry in the car. (laughs) I was like, that's quite funny and probably quite true. Um, So, you know, it went back and forth a little bit more. And then suddenly, (sighs) Soldier Boy got this, I don't know, I guess he got, like, maybe Kimberell called him. (laughs) Like, he got, like, some wisdom installed in him. And he did this Instagram post video where he said, this was just last night. He said, you know, I'm sorry about how I've been acting, y'all. Because y'all know Soldier been beefing with everybody these last, like, this whole year. Mm-hmm. Trying to be relevant. Um, he was like, I'm sorry how I've been acting, y'all. It's, you know, it's been a lot going on. I just found out my mom in the hospital and she not feeling good and she's sick. And I'm not using that as an excuse or anything, but I just want y'all to know. I'm sorry for how I've been acting. This really put things in perspective and I'm not, I want to throw in, he said, I'm, I want to throw in the, the white flag and I want to do music with Chris Brown. I want to do music with Lil Quabble. Who are all the people he's been beefing with? He wanted right. to do music with him. And now he's done. Less than 12 hours later, we're like applauding Soldier Boy. Took the high roll. Yes. Yes. Come through flow this word message. <laughs> and his skinny ass hopped back on Instagram standing with this is 12 hours later this morning standing with Floyd Mayweather talking about how Floyd is training him to now box Chris Brown so wait now we're tur- now we're gonna do a boxing match with Chris Brown I thought that you were over I thought you were throwing in the white flag so now they're gonna box for a celebrity boxing match but get this soldier decided to get extremely petty and he went over to Floyd's house, you know, I guess to meet and take pictures for the gram. And he says, <laughs> I met Chris's, uh, I met Chris's baby mama, Nia, and his daughter, Royalty, tonight. They, uh, you know, Team Soldier Boy. Wow. Wow. Then Nia Guzman, who is Chris Brown's baby mama. Oh, she's so thirsty for this. I really don't agree with this. She's so thirsty. She posts up a picture of royalty, I guess from that night, and tags Floyd Mayweather and the money team. And of course, Soldier Boy reposted it. I don't think we've seen even the beginning of how much Chris is about to wild out. The fact that he's been quiet tells me he's about to flip. Yeah, you might be right. You know 50 Cent is behind this too. Absolutely. You know 50 is behind this. King Petty. Right. Petty Murphy. So that's kind of what tipped us off that this was going to be like a celebrity boxing match is because 50 Cent, Floyd's homie lover friend, 
I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> His frenemy. Um, I guess they're cool again now. Um, he went on Instagram talking about, I want to see a celebrity match. I want to see a boxing match, and Floyd need to put money behind it, and y'all need to bet on it. And people literally took it and ran with it. So that's what's going to happen. And 50 over here egging it on, posting up videos, talking mess about both of them. It's a lot. 50 staying relevant, getting ready to promote power when they come back out. Hmm. Whatever he can do to stay relevant. Hmm. So that's what's going to happen. And Chris, all Chris said was, well, since y'all like negativity so much. And it's like, what? No, you volunteered this mm-hmm. negativity. Nobody went to your house and said, hey, Chris, go beef with Soldier Boy. You started it. And you wanted this. Did you not? You could have very easily called him up. Well, you tried that. Man, social media is really revealing the weaknesses of society. You know what I'm saying? You got a phone in your hand and you got so many millions of followers. You just, before you think, you just acting and then it's too late. He's an ain't-ish Negro. Both, all three of them, really. Like, I'm just over it. Who was the third? I was kind of talking about 50, but you know. 50 doing some good things out here. Like? Power. Now, that's true. That's true, right. not want power to go away. Right. Fit to say I'm not even rapping no more. Hmm. I rap on your favorite TV show. That's true. <laughs> anyway. Okay, so there's been tons of relationship news over these last like couple weeks. So I'm gonna give y'all a quick rundown. Drake and J Lo are still quote unquote on. Do we believe any of it? Hell no. No. I think it's all fake. I think it's all whack. I think J Lo's way too old and too classy to be doing this. Drake is just a male whore, so he does whatever he wants to do. Totally agree. Now, if he tried to holler, I would one hundred percent just test the waters. Yeah, I mean, we have. Think? I have to do research. What you think? J Lo thinking the same thing you saying? I would if never. That young turn boy that down. holler at me. I'm gonna go ahead and get a bite of that snicker bar. Let me tell you something. He a snack. <laughs> mm. But um, I think that this whole thing is so transparent. Maybe thirteen year olds believe it. I don't know, but it's. 100% transparent. They were seen dancing at some party that supposedly her father's birthday party. Who says who? So one so one site can just say it was his father's birthday party and nobody can prove it and everybody runs with it? No, it looks like the set of a video because they are working on her album and they even previewed a new song. It's clearly a video, a fake prom for a video. They're posting the same pictures from it. Y'all, Y'all know I've been doing this 11 years now. And y'all been reading the site for 11 years. Like, come on. Y'all know better than this. I, I do kind of like them together, though, if it was real. And if he wasn't so much of a whore. You better have fun. Because they're going to be split next three weeks. Speaking of split. Ooh. Nicki Minaj Spill. and Meek Mill are done. Spill a tea. Done. What did Drake say? I don't want to hear about this ever again. <laughs> Not even when she tell you that you're better as friends. <laughs> oh, my God. Ooh, Drake is a prophet. Oh, my God. Is it a prophet or just common sense that they weren't going to uh. last? <laughs> we all knew they weren't going to last. I mean, okay, so Nikki and Meek are done. Nikki's single again. She confirmed it. We kind of noticed something was wrong because they didn't spend any of the holidays together. They were together during Meek Mill's birthday. They took a birthday trip to like Turks and Caicos. But allegedly a big fight happened and he left early. And since that, we hadn't heard about them together at all. And usually they're always, you know, posting about what they're doing together and spending holidays together. Like that's what they do. And they posted nothing about Thanksgiving, Christmas, or New Year's. They were actually in the same place during New Year's. 
in Vegas performing, and they weren't together. So I was like, oh, they're definitely probably broken up. So you think Meek kissing ass right now trying to get back? I don't know what the hell Meek's doing, but he messed up. Whatever it was, he messed it up. I, I would put my be. money on it. Come on, Nick. Come on, Nick. Come on now. Just work this out now, baby. Mess this up, Meek. How? I don't know. That's a bad one, Meek. He took every L known to man over the last year or so. And she took it with him. She sure did. She's Still a rider. Right there. She Still took it with right him. There. He might be soft and emotional, but that's my man. I love him. I'm like, that's a ride. I really have utmost respect for Nicki Minaj. Like, she really a rider for her man. But every now and then a girl gets tired of riding for an insecure, weak-ass man. Ooh. Tell us how you really feel. Like, for real. Y'all remember that that rant she went on? That was everything. I linked to it on the YBF.com. But she went on this rant during a performance one time about insecure, basic men. I have never in my life had so much respect for Nicki Minaj until that day. She said what every woman is thinking. I just, I don't know. Like, if if she didn't leave, if she actually ran toward Meek while he was in the middle of taking L's, what could have possibly happened that made her say, no, I'm done? Yeah, you're right. He probably did something stupid. If I had to put money on it, I would say he did something stupid. Um... I don't know. I'm sure it'll come out at some point. All she said was, yes, I'm single. I'm focusing on my work and focusing on me. Yes, I did think the relationship was mostly fake. Um, I think that part of it was real in that they started to like each other a lot. But I do think that Nikki purposely, you know, there, there was reasons why, brand reasons why, image reasons why she wanted to be dating a rapper. A lot of girls are doing that. Let me date a rapper because that's the look, you know. It's sad and un- she didn't need it, but no, he a, needed it. She didn't. Need a lot it. of women don't realize what they have. To be honest, they think they need a man to make their image look a certain way. It's like, girl, you doing this is actually beneath you. To be honest, but hello, J Lo. But that's what women do sometimes. <sighs> Even the sex looked like it was whack. <laughs> it really did. It's like, damn, if y'all done, and Nikki's hot. Like she's not like I'm not gonna I don't have a Nikki album like I'm not going to play her music in my earphones while I'm on the train or while I'm out and about or in my car or whatever but I mean she's high nobody wait, can wait, deny wait, that wait 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 how do you how do you look at two random people and say I think their sex is whack it just looks very whack it just looks like Meek looks like that type that <laughs> <laughs> that constantly asks during like in the middle of it like it's good you like it it's good <laughs> How does, how does, yeah, you like it? She's shooting at you, Meek. He bow, bow. looks like that type. And like, oh, that type is so annoying. Like, just shut up. Just shut up. <laughs> and she looks like the type to be extremely annoyed very easily. Just shut up, baby. Just shut up. Just yes, give it to like me. she looks like she gets annoyed about everything. Just give it to me, baby. Just be quiet. And he looks like he's annoying. So I, I don't even see how this lasted this long. Oh, it just looked whack. Maybe it was the mom. Maybe you hell what do i know had to be something i mean she stayed for how long it's gonna come out just keep your ears to the streets it's coming out maybe she's just a loyal chick i think she is women have stayed with men for a lot less she stood nothing to gain by being with meek mill she's just a rider she's loyal and she rolled with him so uh, i got i tend to side with you a little bit and think that it's something that he did or something that she got fed up with over time like mm-hmm. uh this is turning into more of an L than a W for me, too. Bye. Let's part our ways. Other relationship news? Good stuff. Amber Rose has a new man. Clap for He is Val Trump. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm not gonna even try to pronounce that man name. It's like Trump, Trump Scotchy. You know what? That's who stole the election. Y'all know who I'm talking about. That's who messed up the election. No. (laughs) Y'all know who I'm talking about. Val from Dancing with the Stars. Max's little brother. Is he from Russia? Uh, They are. I think they are from Russia or somewhere around there. Um, And they actually moved here when they were really young. And now they're dancing pros. Um, And so that's how they met. When Amber was on Dancing with the Stars this past season, he was not her partner, but they met because they were always, you know, in the same place. And they kind of acted like they weren't dating for the last couple months. It was kind of obvious they were. They said they weren't. They're just friends. But then they made it very official by making out on Instagram. And Amber called her, called him her love. Oh, Amber, keep a man, don't she? Mm-hmm. She must be doing something right. I mean, yeah, they break up eventually. Right, but, but she keep breaking up with him, so. Well, usually it's because it's their fault. Wiz cheated on her, like she said. Kanye is, do we really have to explain? No, not at all. I mean, it's not really her fault, so. Nah, we're not going to go with that. If you picking these men, that's part of your fault, And too. you know what? You could be right. That's right. She did you say she's picker. going to stay away from rappers, and that's what she did. You're a bad picker. We'll see. Val seems like a very sweet guy. He's a lot younger than her, I think, though. He seems really young. Uh, but he seems, like, enamored with her, so that's good. Always pick a man that is obsessed with you. Always. Um, Cam Newton. Ugh, this pains me to even say, y'all. Go ahead and say it. Take your time. Oh, my God. He done got his stripper girlfriend pregnant again. Why do you have a stripper girlfriend, Cam? Why do we keep? Ha- why do we have to keep having this conversation? Now, getting her pregnant once, you know, we can work with it. But you doubled down on this mug. But that's not the whole. The the, the hard part is he made it his girlfriend. Once you do that, it is yeah. it's open. It's open season. Not just made her his girlfriend, but like public, like they're right. out. Like he even did like this very ridiculously cute and sweet video message for his son who just turned one. His name is Chosen. Um, and he includes the girlfriend in on it and says, you know, I love your mom and you need to respect your mom as a queen. A lot of that. I'm like, I mean, you plucked her off a pole, but yeah, she's his mother. Or I whatever. think rich men think that they really can change a woman by money. And I think men like to save women. Mm hmm. I really do. I think in general, that's what men like to do. They say they want this perfect, like, you know, all put together, great one. But when they get that, they get annoyed. They like to save women. Don't save her. She don't want to be saved. saved. That's where that comes from. That's true, though. It's true. I'm going to save you. Oh, my God. I I, I tried to do it for years. I'm going to take the little potential and I'm going to save her and be her savior. Oh, my God. Why y'all gotta say? Why can't it be we're just a couple? Well, first of all, it didn't work, and it never does. Right, none of that worked. So, hey, I'm just. Can I testify? See, that's why okay. I don't. You can't handle church. I'm trying to be honest, and you're judging me, <laughs> Kim Burrell. <laughs> I am judgmental when it yeah, comes. Yeah, you judgmental. I'm because trying to tell you what I'm going through, and you judging me on the podcast. Because I do feel like at some at a certain age, it's like let's stop. Like, come on. But I'm glad you stopped trying. But he's young and rich, so he is so young. He's like twenty six, and it's over for him now. That's his. He got two two children. Oh my god! He got a lifetime. Yeah, so she's pregnant again. They didn't announce it, but we spotted her many times, big and pregnant, while holding the baby. So these are not old pictures. She's holding chosen. He's holding chosen. Um, Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, 
all the family pictures. She's big pregnant. Like, she's about to have the baby, like, next month. Oh, y'all couldn't even wait six weeks, could y'all? So, yeah, Cam also said he's taking time away from football because this year was horrendous for him. I'm not going to get into that because there's a lot of racial things going on with that that he doesn't even want to admit to. But, yeah, I do feel like he was singled out this year for a lot of reasons. You watch football. Yeah. You know, you know what was. I'm talking about. He was. And I usually do say he's being a crybaby, cry and a lot of people say that. This year, though, even the people that hate Cam were like, ooh, yeah. these refs shady. Yeah, he getting the raw end. He getting the raw deal. I don't know why. Like, why y'all hate Cam so much? He well, loves kids. He does so much for kids. Well, it's not about that. It's, they're talking about on the field. On the field, he's a spoiled brat in their eyes. You know what I'm saying? Because he get a first down. He start jiggaboing and dancing yeah, and dabbing and, and all of this. And man. it's like, you can't, because a man is dancing? Well, they feel like he is messing up the integrity of the game. By dancing? Especially from the quarterback. Let me tell you what's position, messing up integrity. Because quarterbacks do not dance. Me, quarterbacks act like they've been there before. Why receivers in those other Negro positions <laughs> can do that. Quarterback, this is it's an elite fraternity. And, and, that's you, very and true. you have to behave in a certain manner, Mr. Mr. Newton. And they they are used to Eli and Peyton. They are right. used to Roethlisberger, who also is was charged for raping uh, a girl, but whatever. Yep. They're used to Drew Brees. Drew Brees, Aaron Ro- Aaron Rodgers. Aaron yeah. Rodgers. They're used to that whole feel. Um and Cam literally is the antithesis of those things. Yeah, he is. And sometimes I'm like, who cares? I, because I'm looking from the outside in, but I see that they really hate him. Um, we tried to tell him that, but then he did that stupid GQ interview talking about he doesn't think racism has anything to do with this. And we were like, you're on your own then, Cam. Yeah, you you're on your own, boo. Now he sees it. Right. And now he's complaining about how refs are basically letting everyone get away with murder by hurting him, but let you even put a finger on Tom Brady, mm-hmm. all hell breaks loose. That's real. And he's not lying. So he said he's taking some time from football. Wish he can go take some time and find a new girl. He's still going to be black when he come back to the field. And I don't think he should change. I really don't. I don't. I can help you though, boo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. My friend that works for an airline was on his plane today. And hit me up like, Cam is on my flight from Atlanta to New York. I was like, I didn't even know what to say or do. I wonder what he's going to be here in New York doing. Oh, he's so cute. Serena Williams got engaged. All right. Good Huge job, Serena. News. Good job. We, we happy for you. We didn't even know that she was dating this guy. We talked about it uh, about six months ago that we thought they might be dating. We didn't think, we didn't know for a fact they were. Um, they were at, you remember when she got her phone stolen while she was in Paris and she ran after the person? It like was all over the news. Um, that's who she was at lunch with is this guy. His name is Alexis and he's the co-founder of Reddit, which is a very controversial website, but very popular. Um, yeah, they're a couple and they've been dating ever since. Never talked about it. Never mentioned it. He talks about her a lot on his Instagram, just like, like praising her, you know, like he goes to her games. He's like, Oh, she's so amazing. They never said, this is my girlfriend. This is my boyfriend. We're together. Um, and then randomly Serena posted a message talking about, I said, yes. And we're getting married. Men were pissed. Congrats. A lot of black men were pissed, but men were pissed. I'm not. Do your thing. But then some black men, you know what? I don't even want to get into this because I don't even want to give this credence. But 
who's this person? Byron, Byron Edward. Let me pull up his post. But a lot of think pieces were written about this because there's that whole thing of, you know, Alexis is the guy she's engaged to. He's Armenian and white from what I understand. Um, and people are like, oh, here she go. You know, here go another black woman dating outside of race. It's like, don't, please don't get a black woman started on right. dating outside the race. Let's not go there because I, I will hurt all that. y'all feelings. Right. I agree with you on that. If we want to talk statistics, we can. Um, but a lot of black men talked ish about Serena a lot, a whole lot. And she did date a lot of black men. She did. She tried. But y'all didn't want her. But the moment her $150 million empire ass goes over there to Alexis, y'all got a problem. She actually makes way more than she's worth over $150 million. Alexis is worth $4 million. He does have a lot of earning potential because, I mean, he's a co-founder of Reddit. He could do whatever he wants. Um, this person, Byron, wrote this whole article about how he's not mad that Serena's engaged to that man because he wouldn't want her anyway because she looks too strong. She's too muscular. Um, oh, his name is Byron Crawford. She's too muscular and white men can have Serena Williams. That's literally what he titled it. White men can have Serena Williams. He went on and on about, he said, with all due respect, past and present and without further to do. I can't be in a relationship with a muscular woman. What if I somehow said something to upset her? I pretty, I'm pretty sure I could take Serena Williams when I'm 100%. But chances are, if I were 100%, that wouldn't be an issue. Then he says, this is what burnt me the hell up. Number two, a lot of rappers and athletes ran through Serena Williams. Oh, man. This is a black man talking about. Yeah, on the coon train. I'm sorry. I'm putting him on the coon train. So, wow. So, oof. This sounds like classic. I'm angry. I love Serena, and she went to the white man, and I'm I'm a bash. I'm butthurt. Right. He said, I don't know all the names either, but because I'm a man, and men don't follow gossip. That's lies. Deba- that's debatable. Lies all day. Wait, wait, wait. Take the I'm a man part out. That's debatable. <laughs> I'm a man. That's not. We don't do that. Next. And men don't follow gossip. Nigga, please. Real men don't. Real men don't write gossip. I think men are the biggest gossipers on earth. Um, I yep, don't know. I said it. Yeah, I said it. He said, especially since I was let go from XXL. But I know she was with Common at one point. Drake was with her shortly after and may have stolen her from Common. No, this was like five, six, seven years apart. So stop it. Leading to a beef between the two of them. When did Common and Drake have a beef? Like a real one. All right. They had a couple of balls. Like everyone does. Yeah. They had um, a couple of balls exchanged. I consulted Google just now and found a list of umpteen other famous people she's been with, including professional basketball, football and tennis players. I'm sure there's people who do that for a living who haven't been with athletes in three different like leagues. I'm just, I just find it interesting that this whole article wasn't written for like Kim Kardashian or somebody. I didn't see any of these articles written for her yeah, this or is Courtney ridiculous. or any of these people or, or Chloe who's been with literally the whole NBA league. I ain't seen none of this, but you want to do this for Serena Williams. This is arguably the greatest female athlete ever. So, and sorry that she's date. Is it now illegal to date other athletes? And you're the greatest female athlete ever. Serena, number three, Serena's getting on in years. At 35 years old, Serena Williams is damn near as old as I am. It's a wonder she's still able to be competitive, let alone dominate against athletes half her age. I can't even imagine she's still, she'll still be out there playing at 40, and who knows what her body would be like then. 
this is the best time for her to cash in, so to speak, as if she needs to cash in. She has $150 million. And like you just said, the pick of the litter when it comes to men, right? Right. Number four, this is y'all, y'all know I stopped reading right here. And I had to send this to my friends and say, y'all, I'm, this is, I read this on New Year's Eve and was done. Number four, black women need white men. The special connection between black women and white men should be obvious to anyone who's been reported by who's been reported by a black woman to a white male perceived authority figure. Put him on the corn train, please. Like the, I'm like getting brought up again. The black delegation would like to trade Brand. What's his name? Byron. <laughs> Byron Crawford. That's yeah, his name. The black delegation would like to trade Byron Crawford. I already highlighted the trend to the to these CAC tech billionaires marrying black women in my book. I'm not gonna say the name of it. If this continues in 2017, <laughs> maybe the sense of contentment <laughs> will lead black women to stop blaming black men for every single thing that goes wrong with the world. Black women love the attention and the sense of validation that comes from being acknowledged by white men, which is why they're constantly on Twitter bitching and moaning about diversity in white institutions and celebrating otherwise meaningless symbolic gestures. And white men rely on black women to help them keep black men in line. Am I in the twilight zone? I cannot believe you read this that long. Like my blood boiling not only is this factually completely incorrect but everything you just wrote mr byron crawford you need to apply it to your damn self and to black men themselves i don't know any black woman that needs a white man's validation for ish because we've never gotten it why do we need it we're still here right who do you call whenever somebody gets shot in the street last time i checked the black women are on the front lines so why didn't you list one of those things as one of the reasons why you actually do like serena but no, instead, you chose to bash her. You chose to say that black women need white men. When we're the ones on the front line defending you against white men. Everything said here is what black, what white men tend to say to black men. It's almost like they're passing the burden on. We need a white man's validation. When in my life have I ever even gotten that? Why do I need that? No, I think a lot of black men need white men's validation. And this is why it hurts you so much to see it, even though the statistics That's when it comes to That's yeah, when it comes to when it comes to interracial relationships, the statistics, statistics are overwhelmingly black man dating outside of his race overwhelmingly. So let's not go there about who needs whose validation. But people, you know, people know who he is. He writes for a lot of think pieces, a lot of bigger websites and think pieces and things like that. And he has his own his own platform and a book. So maybe that's why he's saying all this, but this is what I feel like a lot of black men do think. And it's sad. It's disgusting and sad. You have the opportunity and a platform to speak highly of a black woman who is dominating sports. I agree. And this is what you chose to do with it. Welcome to being a black woman. I apologize on his behalf, sister. He claims not only am I not bothered by the idea of white men getting with black women, I pay good money to see it. Ew. Okay, I'm done with him. Yeah, he's a clown. So, congrats, Serena, because you are bomb.com, and congrats on your engagement. I love that she kept it so quiet until now. Also, congrats to Janet Jackson, who just had a baby at age 50. Oh, my gosh. Pushing them out. With um, her husband, Wassam Almana. How cute. I'm so excited to see this baby. I just feel like this baby is going to be the cutest thing on earth. His name is Isa. I think that's how you pronounce it. Isaiah, Isa. 
it's cute though um apparently there was no i mean according to her publicist there was no issues there was no you know medical issues no emergencies everything was smooth and she has a baby at 50 i couldn't imagine trying to get down on the floor and crawl with a two-year-old at 50 but hey i wonder if she's gonna continue her tour probably not um vivica's black magic i don't know if y'all watched it but child if you just feel like seeing black male strippers and smelling baby oil through the tv <laughs> go ahead and watch it but it was many things it's magic mike black version and vivica's basically playing the role of what jada pinkett smith plays in the movie and she's whipping these black black male strippers into shape to get them to a big stage in las vegas and they're all living together i'm not sure anyone is straight i don't know who's straight or who's not so i don't know who you should be lusting after and who you shouldn't i don't know but <laughs> right it's a lot going on in this show a lot and that's really all i can say my mouth was wide open by the end and that's what's going down y'all long show but there was lots to talk about thanks for sticking with us YBF's Fooly Wang of the Week goes to Tyga once again and this foolishness that was this family vacation that they decide that he decided to take with Kylie Jenner so apparently during New Year's and right after New Year's or right before whatever he trekked it to Mexico once again with girlfriend Kylie Jenner this time he brought his son King Cairo along to make it one big happy family here's my thing you're on a private jet because he was quick to snap that picture of King Cairo up in the private jet seat. You act like you bought this jet. You act like you paid for the airshare. We all know. Everybody said immediately, oh, Kylie definitely did that. What? Lo and behold, an hour later, Kylie posts a picture in the seat in the private jet. Like, who, what kind of man? I don't even know any men like this, but like, that are okay with being obviously, I don't want to say taken care of, but you obviously have financial issues you know you've been everything's gotten repoed you keep buying these cars but they keep getting repoed you're giving Kylie knockoff gifts that you gave to black china already why are you on a private jet stunting shouldn't you be working and why does Kylie keep bringing you why are y'all together why are we here They're up there feeding the parrots. You know, they always stay at Joe Francis, the girl go, girl's gone wild guy. They always stay at his estate in Cabo or wherever they are, Cancun, wherever. Um, it's, it's fitting. The Kardashians, girl's gone wild, whatever. Um, and now they're like, you know, the baby got floaties on. They up in the pool. Kylie feeding the parrots with her fake lips. The parrot almost bust to her, her <laughs> lip. All the injections almost seeped out. And King just sitting there like, yay. And Tyga sitting there like, yay. It's just so whack. Y'all definitely get fully wang of the week. Go make some money, Tyga. Toss his hair. Toss his hair. YBS BF of the week goes to Sterling K. Brown because he's been killing it this year. This year meaning all of 2016 and now going to be killing 2017. Um, he's nominated for everything from Emmys to I mean everything um he won many awards already I feel like it's going to be another huge year for him he's starring on this is us he's definitely going to get some nominations for that 
And now he was just announced as we were talking that he has signed on to Marvel Studios Black Panther. Oh, that movie going to be so black. And I love it. Love it. It's so lit. Our crushes, Michael B. Jordan and Chadwick Boseman are the stars. Mm. It's like one is the Black Panther. One is the villain. It's like the best of both worlds. Mm. I feel like I need to have an all girls outing to go see that. I don't even know what's going on in the movie. I just feel like watching both of them just attack each other on screen. Mm. And then throw Sterling K. Brown up in there. <laughs> that was on accident, but it was perfect. Because that's how I feel. Um, congrats to Sterling. It's a huge deal. I don't think that has he been in an actual like feature film yet he's been huge on tv now people are just now starting to kind of know him we've been loving him since army wives and all of that now he's huge because of this is us and the people versus oj he played chris darden um this is huge a movie role your one of your first your first big movie role and it's with marvel and it's on black panther yes we're here for it. Congrats to Sterling K. Brown. We love Black Fabulosity. All right, guys, that's it for today. Thanks so much for listening this whole time, putting up with my crazy voice and putting up with all these foolish ass stories, y'all. More to come next week. And um, since we just talked about Black Panther and Chadwick Boseman is Black Panther, call me Chadwick and thank me for it. Thanks. Mm. Mm. Stay with a hundred mil, big house in the hills, ice cubes on my neck. Stay where the money at, in the back, counter stacks, new bands I'm buying that. All I see is green.